Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Yala. But we our weekly podcast where Terence and myself, Harish, we talk about stuff that's been taking over our minds for the past week. Sometimes funny, sometimes goofy, and but sometimes can be quite serious as well. Yeah, man. Like today's topic. Yeah, today's topic, which is, um, if you read the news, there's been a case of sexual abuse or. Um, well, we're just r- jumping right into it. I like it. I like Let's it. Go straight <laughs> yeah, into it. Go straight sexual into abuse. It. Uh, basically, a female teacher was caught sexually exploiting her 15-year-old student during during a staycation they had together. So the basic story was that in 2016, there was this teacher who was 11 years uh, senior. This is in Singapore, In Singapore, yeah, yeah, in Singapore, 11 years senior to one of her students. Mm. Uh, she actually started uh, having a romantic relationship with this student uh, because she, I think she was the teacher in charge for her, the NCC uh, extracurricular activity or co-curricular activity. What, what do they call it these days? Eh? Uh, I think it's CCA. Like, yeah, CCA. So, yeah. Yeah. so she's the CCA teacher. She okay. was in charge. And then uh, apparently during the camp, uh, NCC camp, they got closer. Mm. And then finally the teacher actually booked a staycation in a Geylang hotel. Mm. For the two of them over the during the holidays, yeah, and they went to the hotel and started having a, a relationship lah, and they and she had sex with him, and subsequently, uh, the boy's mother found out because she found I think she found love letters. Oh, love letter, yeah, correct. From the teacher and the yeah. boy was asking her questions like, "Oh, what if I marry someone who's eleven years older than me?" So he was how old again? Uh, he was sec three or sec four, so around 15, there. 16, 15, 16. Yeah, because the teacher apparently now she's in her late twenties. Okay. And this was like three years ago. Okay, okay. Like so, I mean, the the reason we're talking about this crime story uh, is that uh, there was a post. I mean, there was obviously the post on Channel News Asia's Facebook page, mm. but if you started going through the comments on that post, you would see a lot of guys actually saying things like. Whoa, this guy is so lucky. You know, I wish I could have been him. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I saw one like, what if my son if that's my son, I'll be proud of him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were guys who were saluting, you know, um the the, the student for having so called uh bagged his teacher. Yeah. And and then you see some of them even confessing that, Oh, I wish I did that when I was younger. Mm. Uh, and so the, yeah, this this whole thing just kinda raised the debate such that even MOE had to come out and issue a statement that they don't condone uh, these kind of views about how a teacher, you know, the relationships between teachers and students. Mm-hmm. And it kind of begs the question of like, why is it that there's this like overwhelming thing when a, when a guy, when a boy is sexually abused by uh, an older woman, yeah. like a teacher, for example, why is it that the response isn't that, oh, it's disgusting or anything, but it's actually the, there's a, actually a lot of people who think, wow, this guy is the stud. Oh, as opposed to like, if a male teacher exactly. kind of has sex with a Imagine like, girl. a teacher who, you know, ah. abuses a, Young girl, and then the, usually it's like, oh, this guy's sick. He's a pedophile. That, but this one you barely hear the word pedophile be coming out. Of being oh yeah, about. that's true. Uh, whatever articles I read, I haven't come across the word pedophile. Yeah, even in the, even in the news because reports. technically, if, I mean, sec three, sec four, is he was he below sixteen? Yes, he was. He was fifteen. I so believe. definitely under legal age in Singapore, la. Yeah, correct. Ah, yeah. Shala. And what's what's her what's her penalty? What's what's she being charged with? Uh, I think she was sentenced with. Two years and nine months in jail. Actually, true. There's, there is this stigma of like the when a male does it, is a sex or sex offender. He's sick in the yeah. head. But what about her? Yeah, and and just to uh, add on to that, there was a subsequent uh, article on Rice Media, which mm. 
asking uh, with the headline asking, "Will Singaporean men ever stop chasing sex to prove they're men?" And long story short, they go through similarly. They go through a lot of these comments that guys were making lewd comments, even lewd comments about the teacher and all that. Mm. And they finally talked about the problem of toxic masculinity, where guys have to talk about how many girls they've slept with and stuff like that to feel yeah. like they're men, lah. So, so basically, so what are we what are we talking about today? Like, why that? Like, why 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 is it bad? Why is it? I mean, yeah, I think you and I were discussing right before this. Do really do people really agree that it's a bad thing? Like I, a I female, mean, an older female, like uh, sexually abusing a younger guy. So I will admit that when I was young, right, and in secondary school, there were a few teachers I was like, "Whoa, that uh, teacher!" Which, which teachers? Uh, I'll tell you later, <laughs> la, I'll tell you later. No, but I mean, yeah, there were teachers where I was like, "Oh my god, the teacher's so hot!" Blah blah. It didn't occur to me that shit. I'm not, and this one confirmed before sec four, so before sixteen, la. Yeah, you have these thoughts. Uh, because at that point in time, like I went to an all boys school, yeah. So hormones, and I wasn't, I wasn't raging. smooth enough to have like female friends outside of school. La. It was like sports studies, and that's it. So like having a female teacher, like a young female teacher, was one of the few outlets that you can interact with a girl that's not that old. True. And, and I think there's a lot of people who kind of had like, eh, wow, wow, that that teacher them them is, is she's so pretty, she's hot, and all that. So, but. But it never occurred to me at that point in time that, oh shit, I'm actually underage. Yeah, I'm, I'm below legal age. It was just like a fantasy. Like. Maybe part of my mind was like, this was never going to fucking happen. But let's say it had a chance to have happened. Like, yeah. How do you think you would have reacted? And how do you think, you know, you would, let's say it was just a one night thing. Like, yeah. today you 30 something, you look back. If, well, how, how would you think about it? I think, okay, so I think if it were to happen, I would be, I wouldn't know what to do. And I think part of me will be like, holy shit, I did something that everyone fucking aspires to. I'm the man. But I think the negative impact will be more than that. La. What kind of negative impact? Do I you mean, think? just, okay, so so the first time my, my mindset kind of changed was a few, like a, a few years ago, which I know sounds very late because I'm, you know, I'm mid-30s now, but a few years ago, because I had never had to think about it previously, but I saw this video about someone pointing out why it's fucked up, why it fucks you psychologically, why it messes up your reality, and I think that's so true, in the sense that, I know that, that, that one of the things is that it totally skews your perception of the, the trust you put in someone older, especially if that person has a supervisory role. So that sort of thing, like, like and also if it's your first sexual experience, which doesn't seem... Is, is it because of romance? Is it just because you were listening to someone's instructions? And I think it totally skews your, your perception on sex. La. Yeah. But, yeah. What if, but you know, you always, I'm sure you know some people, you know those guys last time who always say, oh yeah, I'm into older women. You know, oh yeah, 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 definitely. More experience. Definitely, definitely. So, so why, yeah, why, how would that, why is that not, say, disgusting? And then... Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that the guy is okay, obviously. I think I think, I think it has to do with age. Because if you hear a nineteen-year-old guy saying he's into older older woman, then it's very like okay, he he knows he what he wants. So what? Yeah. yeah, I think I think a big thing is the age. And I and I and I read I read some articles saying that it even gets tricky when let's say they have sex twenty-four hours before that person turns sixteen. Mm-hmm. How does that change the thing? Oh. And legally, is a fucking big difference. But you can argue that twenty-four hours prior. Was a it, big yeah, it was. What's the big difference? So I think the age thing at that age, right, really matters. Uh. Yeah, and I, I mean the, the, the like what you're touching on the psyche of like uh, your first ex- not not even say sexual, your first yeah. romantic experience. Yeah, being with someone's like so much older and in a role where they are teaching and scolding you and all that. There's just something there that just probably will fuck up even your relationship with your parents and all. Yeah, you but start then, seeing 
you start seeing your mom as a potential. But then I got one army friend who was in JC who actually went out with his teacher. Like after JC or what? I think I think maybe after JC or during I don't know. It was, but but the JC you're 17, 18 years old. Yeah. So then I think the only thing that will be frowned upon is the fact that I don't know. Maybe it's not kosher practice for the teacher to date the student. But legally, there's no issues with that. What? Yeah. I I I've, I think last time when I was in school, there was one teacher who. Everyone kind of like, oh, you know, he went out, he or he went, he started dating one of his ex-students yeah. who already had graduated from the school. Uh, and people were still talking about it like it was a, a kind of thing. La. So yeah. I think there is there is a stigma against these things. But la. I think equally, there were probably some people who were like, wow, this guy damn smooth, yeah. Like, again, like if it was a girl going out with an older man, right? Confirm yeah. people would be like, wow, that's them sleazy, them this. But if it was a young guy, a 17-year-old guy who's going out with a 25-year-old girl, I think more often than not, the guys in the batch would think like, hey, wow, that guy them smooth. Uh. I can't even get a, a chance to go out with a 17-year-old girl as a 17-year-old male. But that's, that's, I guess, what we're saying, that it sounds like it's the dream, the ideal, but it's actually bad in so many ways. La. So why do you think uh, there are some guys who are into older women? Okay, so, I mean, depends what age. Like. If they are, I think it's a cool thing to say. Like, oh, you know, these, these girls my age are not mature enough for me. I'm so experienced that I need a woman who knows what they do. Which, to a certain extent, is probably is fucking sounds, bullshit. Sounds like a bit of overcompensation. Yeah, like, like if you really are into older women and you're damn experienced, I mean, you don't, it's like one of those people that they overcompensate, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I think whenever I hear someone say that, I'm like, if they are older, like in their 30s, and they say, okay, they want, they've been through a ton of relationships and they realize they just can click with maybe people of the same age, older for, for justifiable reasons. But if it's like a 21-year-old guy saying, oh, you know, I'm into older women. Yeah. He hasn't even uh, fucking seen the world, man. Yeah, that's why. Right. What do you know when you're 21? You've seen army, you think you know the world. Yeah. Really. Most of those people who, who say that, and, uh, those of the guys that I've met who say that kind of thing usually are douchey and probably drunk. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, so, kind of, it's not so, a pleasant thing. Yeah. So I guess what we're trying to get at is that, okay, first of all, it's bad that if a 15-year-old student, regardless of uh, sex, has sex with a teacher. La. And yeah. that's one thing we are curious about, whether it's universally seen as bad or whether it varies by age group. Yeah. I mean, one thing that, when I, when I read this, one thing it reminded me of was the Michael Jackson documentary, uh. Leaving Neverland. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's creepily uh, fantastic. It's creepily yeah. fantastic. Yeah, let me let me let me caveat that. Yeah, that's why <laughs> that was. I won't take that out of context. No, 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 you're yeah. fucked already, man. Basically, because it really went into the whether or not it's true is another thing, like They didn't it didn't provide any more evidence that it was true yeah. than what we've heard before. But what it gave you was an interesting insight into how the process of grooming, you know, uh, underaged kid, boy or girl, might be because it starts mm. with, you know, gaining the trust of the boy, gaining the trust of the family. Gaining the trust of everyone around the boy, minders, you know, teachers, everything. Basically, you set up a whole system where that the when you when there's a secret between you and the underage child, mm. right? That it's it cannot be penetrated by anyone. That that secret, basically, no one around the boy would have any kind of suspicion that you did something bad to him, mm. and such that the boy can even be blamed for lying or trying mm. to trying to ruin. His career. Somehow, if the guy involved is Michael Jackson, exactly. he's even so, more like a yeah, the scary thing that impenetrable the, shell. Yeah, the scary thing about the whole documentary is it showed that Michael Jackson not only groomed the people around the boy, but he groomed the whole fucking world to believe that, oh, mm. you know, I'm just a boy stuck in a 40 year old man's body and I have, I love so, animals. And so, do you think he's guilty or no? 
it when I when I first watched it, I was like, oh man, it's so guilty. But as more time passed and as I thought about it and the motivations behind why these people, other reasons that they might be coming out and why didn't they do it before and the you know, because some of them were already twenty one when they when they first had a chance to come out with allegations against Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's it's to me right now it's still inconclusive and and there've been some logical inconsistencies that if you search on the internet you'll see some people have really posted and made videos about it. So mm. so his guilt I'm not even ask I mean, uh, it's not what really interests me about the documentary it's more about the process of how uh, a pedophile might might uh, manipulate a family around a boy. Mm. But and and the other thing also is that it harms these boys quite uh irre- irreparably. Yeah, later in their lives, uh, but they, oh, sorry, sorry, because they don't even uh, realize that that what happened was abuse. So what I the the couple of things I mentioned just now, what else are the negative impacts of like uh, a guy having sex with an older person? Um, okay, maybe I when having sex with an older person, I mean, the I one, mean like an underage yeah, guy, underage, yeah, underage, okay, the underage yeah. one is that yeah. they don't even understand, yeah, the concept of of love and sex. Uh. So uh-huh. to them, what they said in the documentary was that this thing that they were doing, supposedly doing with Michael Jackson was, it wasn't anything, it was just love. Like. It's just oh. how they express love to each other. They Expressing the brotherly or, or friendship that they had, you know, expression of friendship or love. So imagine like a relationship between a teacher and student. It could be, you know, the teacher could be, I care for you, you know, yeah. as my student. And the guy could end up feeling like that is how all uh, mentor-mentee relationships should mm-hmm. be. And so later down the road in his life, as he has a mentor-mentee relationship with, in his workplace or something like that, he might end up, you know, pro- thinking there's more to it than what it is. La. Mm. So it could mess up your psyche in a way. Because one of the guys, he said that, I mean, supposedly he didn't realize that it was abuse until he held his own son in his own hands. Or his own son became the same age that he was when he first started doing stuff with Michael Jackson. Then mm. he realized, oh, how shit. the hell am I letting my, how would I ever that's let when my he son? Realized, he claims that. Oh so he, he said, how the hell am I, le- could I ever let someone that age you know stay with a man who's 30 or 40 years old I would never so was he pissed off at his parents Uh, yeah and that's one of the tragic things about documentary where they really also showed how the parents really hook line sinker into the whole thing and that's why it's very it's a very disturbing uh, watch so when I I see this kind of thing where where teachers and students having relationships you can see how it can really mess you up later in life and and to all those guys saying that he studs out there yeah, that's, I mean, so, that's just besides the point. So right? why, why do you think that there is a reason why the guys feel that way? Because like, just now we pointed out that if you're a girl, you have uh, sex with a, uh, if you're an underage girl, you have sex with an older teacher, it's universal, uh, the guy's an asshole, uh, yeah. right? So for, and the girl is the victim. But in this case, why is it that the guy is seen to be like a stud? I mean, there's, there is, of course, a double standard in the way the genders are seen when they have a lot of sex. Uh. A guy who has sex, uh, stud. Girl who has sex, slut. And I and I think even though there's been a lot more talk about why that's a nonsense double standard, um, I don't know how much it has changed, but it seems like this is one of those consequences. Yeah, that's why the term I think toxic masculinity. Yeah, was put out in the Rice Media. Article. So what exactly is toxic masculinity? Yeah, uh, I've heard about it a lot, but I can imagine, but I don't, I don't, I don't have an academic description of it yeah, in my mind. I don't, I don't think there is. It's also one of those terms that come out in terms of like. You know, you you gotta stop thinking that yeah, being a man is all about all those masculine traits of like yeah, not sharing your feelings with people, yeah, uh, fucking women. You know, like being 
not crying and one night stand every yeah, day. One night stand, then you are stud. You know, like if you, you don't, you're still a virgin when you're twenty one. You are a loser. That, that kind of behavior, they say that's toxic masculinity. Mm. And and well, basically, what the whole thing is saying is that men should hold themselves to a higher standard, like maybe protecting their daughters mm. or, or you know being able to share feelings with one another and things like that, lah. So so that's they're saying that. Toxic masculinity is the reason why a lot of guys, you know, they're, they're displaying a lot of the insecurities in these yeah. comments. La, but, then, these but then the cause of toxic masculinity, oh, Shala, how you ascribe that is like hundreds of years, men men already have been, have seen themselves as the superior sex and like, you know, kind of taken advantage of women and all that. Yeah, that's why hashtag me too is born. Huh? But I mean, the, the, the big thing I have with the term toxic masculinity is similar to uh, the term white privilege. La, mm. Where I feel like it kind of paints all men as a, a certain type. Like, the moment you say anything masculine, that's, oh, it's toxic masculinity. Or like, if you deadlift 200 kg, yeah. oh, you're fucking toxic masculinity. You're sitting with your legs open, you're fucking men spreading, you know, that's terrible. Yeah. Which, I've, I've taken pains to explain to people, actually, for... Myself included. Uh, yeah, right? even like, especially when you're fat, you know, like, it's uh. a lot worse. Like, you, you sit with your legs open for, for a lot of different re- hygiene reasons and stuff uh. like that also, you know. So, so it's, it's I, I have an issue with uh, you know, using a term to broadly cover what could be a whole range of behaviors, like, And yeah. some of them, some people are just being assholes. Some are just being trolls. And yeah. if you just say, "Oh, this is all toxic masculinity," and all you're you're all saying this because you're stupid, then I, I find there's a problem also, lah. Yeah, because I've heard the term. I know a few months ago, like Gillette had some ad which was widely criticized, and, yeah. panned. I think it was basically uh, painting the whole brush of like, "Oh, because you do this, means you're a toxic man." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think one thing maybe that I think one thing that could really change the world, right? That plays into this, plays into politics and all that. If there's some way to make men get pregnant, <laughs> I really I really think that would be the, the fucking game changing thing, no? Like, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, in the sense that if there's some some invention, right, that can make men like have a uterus, conceive a child, and fucking do it for nine months, right? I think the world would really be a totally different place so like there's so much things about you know this movement me too movement and all that just find a way to get men uteruses so you're, you're saying they should literally carry the babies la. yeah because, okay, because what, what if it's something it, where they can feel the pain or the, the, that's yeah, a, a but that means they the cannot take it off they cannot take it off yeah, yeah. because if you imagine right, I'm just thinking what would have led to the people hundreds of years ago when there wasn't enough to point out that okay men women share the same DNA um that, that would make a man feel more superior to a woman. If a woman gets pregnant, they are immediately like physically burdened and it's so easy for a man to take advantage of that person. Uh. Yeah. But if men get pregnant as well, right? Wow, then then it totally it totally balances out. So instead of like hoping that people change their mindsets because of hashtags and movements, just find a way to get men pregnant. And then and then women also have to go for NS lah. <laughs> That's a whole different <laughs> argument. But yeah, if men get pregnant and women don't want to go to NS, then be like, yo, what the hell man? That's like, that's like, that is toxic masculinity. You know, guys always say, every time women say, oh, guys don't, don't do enough and yeah. for the family and all that. Yeah. And the guys say, hey, I served two years NS, okay. Yeah, la, yeah, la. get pregnant. La. <laughs> so maybe that can be the national service. You know, you either get pregnant or you go to NS. Oh yeah, you choose to, to yeah. share the pain of the pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. So then if you think about it, then like even, you know, like last time I used to work for a big corporate that was, you know, a little patriarchal. And certain questions that involve uh, when when women go, were going to be posted abroad was like, oh, you know, once you get pregnant, how you gonna, which is fucking bullshit. La. But 
it is something that happens only to women. So I'm not condoning their behavior. But if men get pregnant as well, it will equalize everything. Okay, let's say. But what? But isn't it better that one one person in the couple uh, is not feeling any pain and can go out and run the errands and yeah. Bring so back when the, the man is pregnant, the, oh, the woman. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's so, one uh, binary yeah, thing, yeah, 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 binary. So I'm saying, I mean, that way, like, if for men to get pregnant, they need to have the ability to get pregnant, which means that technically, if one couple wants to get pregnant at the same time, then too bad for them, lah. So yeah. you kind of maybe like you all take turns who's going to conceive, lah. Okay, so if there's any scientists out there with yeah. a chance to Honestly, it will impregnate change, a man, it will change everything. Like we politics. have one volunteer here right now. Yeah, I will <laughs> totally be the guinea pig for getting pregnant first because I really think it is one of those things that can change the world. And I'm surprised no one has ever spoken about it. Like why? What? Like okay, like I'm biologically, of course. I mean, you think about how everything else is biologically possible. Why can't there be a thing to get men pregnant? So like maybe at birth, right? When babies are are, are born, just give the man a uterus. Okay, uh, I think that's. <laughs> I tell you, that will solve solve everything. You think about war, like uh, you think about politics, uh, you think about anything that's so male dominated. Because physiologically, men and women are are different, la. Um, and that's where maybe in the past men could exploit the disadvantages faced by women. Let's say when they were pregnant or mm. something. So it's just hundreds and hundreds of years of that, and we can reverse all that by just getting a male uterus. Okay, so. Earth is calling us back. Yeah, <laughs> Earth is calling us back. I just, just wanted to go back to the topic about the teacher and the student again. Actually, yeah, yeah, correct, correct. one, yes, one yes. thing I realized is that um, back in our day, when you, let's say if you were a teacher and you wanted, uh, and you wanted to have an, uh, a bad rela- uh, relationship with a student and all that, uh-huh. it was probably so much easier to get away with the whole thing. Wait, if I was a teacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, okay, there wasn't okay. social yeah, media. Correct, there correct, weren't yeah. like phones that yeah. to record videos. I mean, the guy also got, I mean, the funny thing is he got caught with love letters. Uh. That's yeah, like so, so old sweet, school, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like maybe yeah, maybe they only dating an older person, then they will yeah. actually write you love letters. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, this day and age, there's so many w- ways to get caught, uh, You know, yeah. with WhatsApp and, and no, and even like if they're going media. to, she booked a hotel in Geylang, right? Yeah, and then if there's you see record. anyone walking around Geylang, this I mean your Google Maps, your Google Maps probably oh you went to Geylang yeah. this day. Google Maps, then all the text messages. There was yeah. text messages uh in, in between them also, right? Yeah, yeah. So it actually kind of reminded me of a story that a teacher friend was telling me that basically stu- because teachers nowadays compared to last time are expected to be on. Almost twenty four seven, like what WhatsApp group chats with their students or the students' parents, mm. and so that actually creates some ethical dilemmas. For example, um, she saw in a student group chat that her students were going out on Friday, and they're like, "Hey, come on, with us, let's teacher, let's go, cha cha, you know, that's what mm, I'm saying. Mm, mm. let's go out together." And then she's like, uh, "No lah, no thanks. You all go ahead. I got my own life to do." Yeah, and then subsequently at ten p.m. or whatever, and these are like I don't know secondary school students. They suddenly text start sending her selfies that they were taking while out, and all their faces were red and flushed, and obviously they had been drinking, wow. underage drinking. So now, as the teacher, you are in this WhatsApp group with students. You know that they're out doing nasty stuff, underage drinking. You you know you don't know where it ends up. Could it get worse? Could they do other things? And you kind of like, okay, shit. I have a responsibility to these kids. And I also know their parents and stuff like that. What do I do? Should I? If they, if it's found out that I knew what they were up to, and then somebody drunk overdoses or, or whatever, or you know, like pregnancy or whatever nonsense because of that one night, then I become almost like. Then suppose she, w- it would have been blue tick also, so yeah. people know that she read <laughs> she it. She saw really. it and she didn't tell anybody. Ah, so this ethical dilemma, yeah, she's, she's, she knows the students are doing something bad, but she can't do anything about it. But yeah. the digital blue, the digital footprint is there. 
so yeah, scary. Some more Friday night you cannot that kind of yeah, dilemma. And like you 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 so she so the crazy thing is she basically has to compartmentalize her mind. Uh, like she can't let what the students are doing like affect her. She has to My just pretend like God. she did not see it and she can't read into in between the lines of what they're doing. Uh. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's actually really hard like being a teacher today because of all these expectations they have with regards to being on online all the time for their students. Uh. Yeah. Wow. But that's not a reason to get into a relationship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's just, I don't know, like the, the like lately I have been floating with the idea of the, uh, uh, nobody has uh, free will, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking like what would lead a teacher... Wait, wait, wait what, what, what's the... Can what, you just briefly explain okay, what... Okay, briefly, what I've been toying with is something I've been reading and hearing about, which to me makes sense is that we are all just computers where then and every action of ours is an output of a certain kind of input. Like the input being the stimuli around you and your experiences. So the concept of free will doesn't exist because anything people do is basically a consequence of everything else they had done before. And the whole concept, oh, you know, you, you're more determined and you're evil inside, you're good-hearted, is all bullshit. And everything has been shaped by your experiences before. Like, which to me helps me empathize with people who do stupid shit uh, who do evil shit, which can be a good thing or bad thing, but I'm just thinking in this case, if you're a teacher who obviously knows if you have sex with a 15-year-old guy is the probably the worst thing you can do, why the fuck would you do it? So, I mean, there must be... I mean, I'm not, again, not condoning her impact uh, what, or her, what she did, but I'm just curious, like, what would lead you down that path? Uh? And, yeah, it's just something that, that is a side, side thing about this whole thing. Like. And for the guy... I don't know, for a guy, I think growing up as a 15-year-old, I would still think that among 15-year-olds this year, this is seen like a badge of honor as opposed to something terrible. Oh, really? I don't know. I, I, I think so. Like, for 15-year-old guys nowadays, I can still see that happening. Maybe you should ask, you should ask your younger cousins or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what's up? Happy birthday. <laughs> would you have sex with your 29-year-old teacher? No? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's a great conversation to have, man. <laughs> In front of your, your, their parents and all Yeah, just tell all my cousins, yeah, I'm doing a survey. You know, all of you are like 11, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Would you have sex with your teacher? La? I think uh, you're, you're, they're already very, uh, the parents of your cousins probably already very scared because you already like, you don't learn from Harish. You don't become YouTuber. No, actually, when I, when I meet them, I always tell them, between me and my brother, I'm like, okay, you don't know which brother to aspire towards. I'm just like the fun uncle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think we, we've all experienced that. That yeah. look that people give you like, hey, don't tell my kid to become content creator. But actually, in, <laughs> the, in their eyes, I think I'm the much cooler one because like the other day, one of my nephews, uh, well, it's weird saying my nephew, he messaged me a screenshot of our Instagram handle getting a, a, with a blue tick. He's like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like... Well, wait, wait, you know, he Instagram the screenshot. He took a screenshot of our Instagram profile with our blue tick. Oh, our blue tick. Yeah, our That's blue Ministry tick. of Funnies. Yeah, Ministry oh, of Funnies. Oh, yeah, tick. oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we're 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 actually blue tick on Instagram. You know, you know who you're talking to? Yeah, man. And he didn't ask like, oh, how come you only have seven thousand two hundred followers and got blue tick? <laughs> yeah, he didn't ask that lah. So in my, in their eyes, I'm like a hero lah. Wow. But it's it's the same thing where they see me as the cool one, but they see my brother as the successful one. Wow. Until until I mean. This, I mean, what what they what they are soon going to know is that we have a TV show coming out, which is why we are recording this on a Friday night at eight PM and a little brain dead because we spent four seven days in total in a writers' room for an awesome comedy show that we are creating. Yeah, that was yeah. the that, that was, was the plug in between shameless plug shameless transitioning plug, yeah. to our next less serious topic. Yeah, that's why. Which is which is so we have covered a serious issue for the week, which has been something that's on our minds. Of course, as always, we would love to know what you guys think. Yeah. Uh, but 
segueing into something a little more lighthearted. Actually, it's still shitty, but it's so ridiculous that it's funny. La. So what happened was, um, I think six days ago, there was a video that went viral in KL, uh, which uh, in that was taken in a condominium. I think it was from the first floor looking up to the third floor. And what caught the attention of the person taking the video is the cries of a, a bear, a sun bear. So there was this little furry head sticking out and wailing like, I mean, it's obviously something very worrying. Um, and people were freaked out. Some people thought it was a guy in a costume shouting like that. But it was really that kind of harrowing kind of scream. And turns out that the sun bear was a six-month cub uh, who was locked in. The owner or whatever was not at home. And the owner or the person who had that uh, cub in captivity was a 29-year-old rocker singer from Malaysia who... Just people are like, what the fuck? You have this cup, cup in your house and it was an illegal cup uh, which was underfed. Apparently. Did you say how big it was? I mean, just looking from pictures, maybe it's like two, three feet tall. So it's kind of like a, a big dog. Yeah. So that is her, actually her defense. She says she's someone who loves nature. She was on a hike when she saw this dog by the side of the road and she took it in. Which to me is... Okay, first of all, in Malaysia, I think she's Muslim. Mm. So someone like that, um, a Muslim taking in a dog... I mean, there, there are, there, there, there are, I know uh, there's a movement amongst Muslims to also kind of uh, uh, make it public that it's not, you can still interact with a dog in a certain way. La. So she might just be an animal lover. But fuck, it's a bear. And like, it doesn't bark. It, like, dogs of any shape or form, of any age, I assume would bark, even though I'm not a dog owner, I, mm. I know that. Yeah. And you hear these bears wails, it is obviously not a fucking dog. But at the same time, uh, okay, I just I just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying that uh, it, it, that's what happened. But actually, I have come face to face with like a cup sun bear while hiking in Malaysia before. Uh-huh. Actually, they're really cute. I'm talking about like I can imagine if it's small and and young enough, it will look like a basically a pomeranian or something like that, lah. It's very 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 cute. Okay, okay, but even let's say you found this pomeranian by the side of the road. Yeah. Malnourished. Yeah. Would you just take it and keep it for like? I don't think. I don't think she kept it for a few days or weeks. No. Yeah. I, I mean, if it grew to six months old, then it's no. As in, uh, I think she picked it up when it was a few months old. Yeah. But I don't think she had it for just a few days. Oh, so. And in some interview I found of her, she said, "Yeah, she recognizes that maybe she should have gone to the wildlife people. Oh yeah. Even if it's a dog. But the fact that she kept it." And like when they found the sunbed, the, the home was locked and it was in a cage. Somehow it managed to stick its way out of the window. Yeah. So it's just very weird. Like she's 27 years old, not 29 years old. And yeah, I mean, even a simple Google search, you know, now even has the Google function where you can take a picture and get Google to search the internet for similar pictures. True, true. Yeah, and she stays in a condo, which I assume means that she's not like... Uh, she doesn't have. She's not someone who doesn't have access to resources. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, like, it's kind of like Malaysia is also the place that produced One MDB and Jolo. Oh, it's a wild, wild west. Uh. I mean, yeah. So a sun bear as a pet is like a completely conceivable thing. Yeah. That so people do, do. Okay. So what right. you're saying is she captured it with the idea of taking it as a pet. As la. a pet, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I can imagine. If she's living alone, but like a sun bear, I can see how it's cool and like like what you said, a sun bear is yeah. cute, lah, right? Yeah. And the other thing about about the barking, right? Actually, I've heard like dogs that uh, either their vocal cords are messed up or or maybe surgically like and uh, surgically what do you call it? Silenced. Silenced. And they when they bark, right? It sounds almost like a, a whale. Like, uh, I, yeah. I, I kind of it's very hard to describe. It's almost like a hollow-ish kind of like whale. Yeah. 
which when I was watching the video when you showed me of that bear doing it, I could imagine like if I didn't see the bear up close, I might still think it's a it's a dog. So it's not as obvious as Okay, as but that's if you're seeing from two, three stories down. We'll put a link yeah. to a video in the show notes. Yeah. But if you see from two to three, but she had it in a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the crazy and thing. And like, yeah, the fact it just it just seems a little shady and 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 I just feel bad for the bear, man. I, I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do with the bear, uh, 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 with it. But yeah, it's just weird. Like here's a young person who is not someone who's like in a remote part, doesn't have access to information or something, and she has a sun bear, yeah. But can you imagine if she kept it and she had not been found out, and she just has like this, this like a, a few year old bear that's huge in her house. I don't even know what what the sun bears eat, man. I'm guessing they are carnivorous, are they? I oh, I mean, my experience with sun bears was while hiking. Uh, yeah, in the jungle. A wild sun bear. A wild sun bear, yeah. So a cub. A cub, yeah. So the story was basically we were uh, just sleeping in our tents. It was raining, and so we we're hiding in our tents. And then we saw that oh, there was a cub sun bear like roaming around, obviously attracted by the smell of food from our yeah. tents and everything. <laughs> and we thought it was quite cute, you know. What what was the worst that could happen? Then the freaking baby sun bear somehow managed to call the mother to come. Yeah, I mean, confirm the mother not. <laughs> so when the mother came, we were like, what? oh, motherfucking shit. Which, which part like, of Malaysia was this? Uh, this was uh, Gunung Tahan. Tahan. Oh, uh, it was okay. in Pahang, I believe. Uh-huh. Gunung Tahan. Then, I mean, then, basically, then, then, very famous. And basically, yeah, uh, we, at first we thought it was just a cute cup bear. Then we were like, oh, shit, the mother bear is here. And we just. And it's huge, lah. I mean, when it stands up, it's probably like two meters tall. Oh my god! And so basically, what was and then we were just sleeping, and then suddenly, I I remember yeah, we were just falling asleep, uh, thinking that okay, if as long as we stay in our tents, nobody's gonna they're not gonna come disturb us. Then suddenly, in the middle of the night, I felt like, hey, how come suddenly there's wind and rain on my feet? Then I looked up and realized that the mother bear had slashed open our tent and dragged out one of our bags. Oh my so, god. So these sun bears have, have been cut, become so accustomed to hikers staying and having food in their bags that they have learned to attack tents, yeah. you know, take, the, take the contents of the bag and drag the bag all the way up to their so-called lair. And over there, they slowly start going through all your stuff and taking out the food. So they eat the, they eat the food that hikers bring. They steal it and eat the food that hikers bring. Oh my bring. god. So okay. it was quite a harrowing experience for, for us, but... Yeah, that's why I learned that yeah, sun bears, as cute as they look, right? They are really freaking scary. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they actually are endangered, which is another thing. Yeah. Yeah, and sun bears, oh my god, if you look at the picture, they look scary, man. Okay, I think I, I think they eat honey. Oh, no, oh, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. carnivora. I mean, they, they, similar to anything that's experienced humans in the wild, they probably, like, yeah, they learn to, to eat yeah, humans man. as well. Ironically, they are the smallest of the bear species. So if that was big, can you imagine the. Polar bears and grizzly bears. Yeah. Holy crap. But that's why I think I was yeah, that's why they say that like uh human beings we don't really understand what wildlife is like. They think that a lot of people think that, oh, you know, if you know all these animals are so cute, you know, if we bring them back home with us, yeah, we domesticate them, they'll be like dogs. No man, like this they're different, man. They, they when we're talking about wildlife, they're really like they don't give a fucking shit about you petting their head or anything. Yeah. They don't care that you fed them yesterday. That's why when I see those 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 people with like lions who get mauled after 15 years with their lions, it's kind of like it's hard to feel bad for them. Yeah, I'm like, hello, you put a fucking lion. Can you imagine if the lion mauled you after 15 years? Can you imagine what he was going through after every 15 years? Yeah. Every morning he wakes up, should I kill the fucker? No, no, just one more day, one more day. Should, should I kill him tomorrow? Okay, fuck no. Just he's, he's he feeds you. Then one day you just lose it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 why. That's why it's very different with your dog. Uh. Your dogs, at the end of the day, 
they you, you can never they they rarely ever think like that la, unless that's what you think that's uh. what I think la, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're mounting like uh, this global mutiny against the their man owners yeah, uh. yeah maybe if, maybe if every every day if there's one day that I don't feed them maybe that thought does cross their mind uh, yeah. should I kill him today yeah but so far nothing nothing yet la. yeah yeah so so we'll put the link in the video to the show notes please take a look and let us know if you think it's plausible that someone thought that was a fucking dog uh. yeah Anyway, moving on to the final segment of our show. It's called One Shook Thing, which is where Terence and I show one thing in the past week that, that, we, that made us smile, laugh, feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Terence, what do you have? Well, my One Shook Thing this week actually is another series on Netflix that I think everyone should watch. It's called Delhi Crime. Mm. And it's actually a Hindi and English uh, Netflix series mm. about the... Actually, I mean, uh, again, a very dark topic, but similar to what we're talking about. Uh, the gang rape of a, of, a, of a lady in Delhi in 2012 and the subsequent police investigations and how the, the perpetrators were caught uh, over, uh, I think, one, two-week period. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a very, very compelling watch because it's, it talks about the, not only the, the actual crime itself, but it talks about the, the state of the bureaucracy in in the police force in, in Delhi and uh, it makes some controversial claims about the actual events of the of the gang rape which which um, were kind of, it was a really brutal gang rape where yeah. uh, I won't I won't re- This was the one that got worldwide Yeah the uh, worldwide attention in two thousand twelve where an iron rod was not only used terrible. as a weapon to whack her but you know it used for other things in the rape which was really brutal. So uh, in Singapore we are linked to it somehow because the her body was actually f- I, don't know, I mean she was actually flown to Singapore for mm. treatment and she actually died here mm. in our hospital. So um, Singapore also gets some mention in the show. Mm. I mean a small shout out here and there. Uh, but yeah, it's actually a really compelling watch. And the big thing about it was that it made me understand. Actually, made me interested uh, to find out more about what uh, India culture is like uh, in the sense that you know it's such a diverse place with so many different. Uh, so many different cultures and and the inequality between people who live in the city and people who live in the in the outskirts and and also even the rural areas mm-hmm. and the caste system and all that. it made me read up a lot on Wikipedia a lot more than than I ever have about mm. the country of India in my life even though we live in a country where you know the it's a big population. Where the guy uh, sitting opposite Indian. you is a fucking Indian. <laughs> hey, but he doesn't speak Hindi. <laughs> let's let's face it. Like I can't, I can't, I don't get as much out of you as I want to about Indian culture. <laughs> la. That's just the sad truth, la. So so yeah, actually, I actually learned so much from it. I actually yeah. appreciated it for that. La. Oh, that's a Chinese person saying he loves a Hindi and English show. Yeah. So it must be pretty good. It's good, it's good. So similarly, like what Terence mentioned about something that's uh, a great watch about a dark topic. Uh, what my one shook thing for the week is this clip of John Stewart, the late night legend who had who had a Daily Show for like I think fifteen years or something. He there was a clip of him talking to Congress about the first responders to nine eleven. So he's been quite a uh, ever since he left the Daily Show, handed it over to Trevor Noah. He's been quite a vocal advocate for the first responders, who are the people who responded you know, first to the nine eleven catastrophe, uh, and getting them proper healthcare and all that. So it it's insanely emotionally or poignant in the sense that basically Congress seems to have been screwing them over all the way and like not wanting to give them proper healthcare. So he makes a very eloquent and articulate case that just calls out Congress to their faces. Uh, And it's just like the fact, I mean, he was doing it in such 
such clarity and with such weight, right? I don't know whether it's going to change anything. But to me, if talking about someone who has a message to deliver in a public setting, right, is fucking magical. Wait, so was he advocating? He, he was basically telling Congress to get their act in order and pass and don't reject a bill that would give all the first responders the proper healthcare coverage, oh. which they have been putting off for the longest time and using bureaucracy and red tape to kind of delay. Like, because his point is that I think there were like 22,000 people classified as first responders in the few weeks or months or years following 9-11, like 3,000 of them already have died. Yeah. Like 17,000 have like illnesses which are, their health is just going down. Like. This, so, this is talking illnesses like like the as a result yeah asbestos the fume, in the building yeah, the fumes, and fumes and all that okay. yeah so it's quite serious la, and and the uh, like from what I understand Congress has been putting off these these bills for whatever reason and he's been trying to push for it and yeah just watch it like it's it's really it really moves you to the point like oh shit this guy is this guy is not only using his status as an influencer with inverted commas to make people laugh and make people think but this one feels like a cause that. It's one of those few causes that both the left and the right feel like, okay, la, fucking mm. someone needs to do this. La. So yeah, it's uh, kind of cool. So appreciate your firefighters and policemen. And everyone else involved. La. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And on that somber note, wow. we will end off this week's episode of Yalabat. Um, it's been a heavy one, huh? Yeah, it's been a heavy one. Yeah. It's been a heavy week, man. Heavy but week. the week was heavy for for good reason because we spent our time cracking our heads in a, in a room full of other writers to work on our TV show. But yeah, this was a heavy, heavy podcast. Yeah. yeah. I hope you all enjoyed. Yeah. And, and and if you all have any thoughts about what we, the topics we talked about, like the sexual abuse of, of young boys and uh, sun bears in Malaysia, please let us know on our socials. Yeah. And like rate us, share us. I mean, share this podcast and, and all that. Because we're going to keep doing this every week. We're gonna, we, we try and release it every Thursday. But when, when, when Murphy's Law uh, visits, we will still get it out in the week. Just pay attention on Instagram. All right. So cool. have a good weekend ahead, everyone. Thank you all. Peace. Bye-bye.